There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's got it! The Tigers have won by a point! A kick out to the siren! They've gone bananas at the game! Richmond have won by a point! Lloyd has kicked the goal after the siren! Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you are listening to us. This is the Inside Fantasy Sport Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, the Super Coach Hawk, sitting here with my good mate and co-host, Big Horse, Mickey Dell. How are you, Delly? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Robbie, we're going well. Uh, work's got me going with uh, night time as morning time and morning time as sleep time at the moment. But lucky you watched a bit of footy this week, mate. Keen to hear yeah, how it all went. Yeah, I was just thinking just then, like, where to anyone listening along, welcome along. Click subscribe, jump on board. We are recording this on a Sunday night. The footy has just finished. I had a huge Saturday out in a, a nice little open air box at the Hawks v Dockers. I tell you what, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty tired and pretty flat today. But there's something about that jingle in the intro that just sort of gets me up and about a little bit. So I'm ready to go and dive in. Uh, got to watch a bit of footy and it was awesome. Um, some big scores, some big scores out there this weekend. Um, mm. I didn't get to cash in too much. My team's done pretty well at 22-33, which in hindsight, I'm pretty happy with. Uh, but there's some massive scores out there this round. Did you get on the end of some some big ones, mate? Uh, yeah, not too bad. I ended up scoring 22-51. But when we're talking about potential for where my team could have went, I ended up reversing my LDU to Noah Anderson trade at the last second. And I'm absolutely kicking myself. So I'm losing money with LDU and I'm probably out of the Noah Anderson price bracket now. 
You are the man of the stats and the moves. And yeah. I always back you in to trust your gut. You're the one who's now yeah. made me move to just trust in my gut. I have no problem asking people their opinions, getting some insight from them, asking them. And I love the back and forth. I've listened, I think, too much to the community and I've got to start listening to myself. You're going to get some wrong. You're going to get some right. But yeah. like we said in our chat with the boys, I'd rather get it wrong trusting my gut. I'll yes. feel a lot better with that. Noah Anderson absolutely exploded. And I'd love to back up to when a few people slagged me off. And look, he's had some injuries and he might bounce back. And I'm not dissing him as a player. But when LDU, when it had a massive game against West Coast, and then he followed it up with Frio, which looked like a massive score as well, but Frio has been quite average this year. He hasn't really been able to do too much after that. So I do hope he bounces back. But I said not yeah. people get on it too early. But um, yeah, mate, you're a big call. We did mm. give people the 50-50 between the Gold Coast, Dangerfield, Noah Anderson type thing. Hopefully, most people went with Anderson. Yeah, that's right. Unfortunately, yeah. a bit of a hammy there for the uh, the old the old man, Paddy Danger. Yeah, I, I didn't see it. What did he do? Did he injure himself? Uh, he's, did he? he's done a hammy. They're saying it's very low grade. I think they okay. got him off early enough. Um, so, he'll probably miss one or two. But, uh, yeah, they're saying yeah. it's pretty low grade. But I think they'll take their time with him, especially with how Geelong's travelling at the moment. Yeah. That all being said, we will dive in. Let's dissect a lot of these scores. Let's have a look. Let's talk about those key people, key players, key numbers, and get everybody prepped for what's coming. Uh, we're going to do some big research through this week, really start talking about those buy rounds. Yeah. We've talked about it a lot. If you haven't started thinking about it, now is your time. If anything, you're nearly a day behind. So we'll bring you all that insight and much, much more. But it started on Friday night, Carlton versus the Brisbane Lions. I think yeah. this is the Lions making a little bit of a statement that we can play in Melbourne. And Carlton on the other side showing that they're just not a top four side. Not at the moment, no. No, and you look at their list, no, and I'm, I'm just going via super coach here. Chera, Doherty, Walsh, <coughs> Akers, Hewitt, Charlie Curnow, you know, Cripps, Sard. Like, they've got an awesome, awesome team, but they stunk it up Friday night. Like, they were touted as a top-four team coming into this year, and they've been pretty ordinary so far. Hopefully they, like, as an Essen supporter, it makes me happy to see them not do so well. But from a genuine footy public point of view, you want to see Carlton do well. And, like, they were messed over, what was it, 20 years ago, that salary cap thing. And now's the first time that they've actually had some pump about them in the preseason. Yeah, we're going to do well. And to lay an egg against Brisbane in Melbourne, uh, it's not going to do their finals aspirations too much good. Yeah, I mean, they had they had fans leaving halfway through the yeah. third quarter, which I think was a little bit disappointing to see. I think the commentators even made mention, we've got a lot of Carlton Friday night, Saturday night sort of games coming up. Yeah. So hopefully they start to step it up a little bit more because they can be exciting. You, you mentioned some quality names. I think Harry Mackay needs to find a way to really step back up. Uh, but Josh Dunkley, my God, he did an incredible job. It was a loose tag. It was more of a tag at stoppages. Supposedly, uh, the coach came out and said he just did homework every night watching Crips at stoppages, um, and it paid off. Josh Dunkley with a big, humongous 149 and mm. showing that uh, he's probably one of the pickups of the season for sure and putting his name in there. When he's up and about scoring a 149, Charlie Cameron looks fantastic out of the square with a 131. Even the big O with a 110 doing what he should be doing um, mm. against, against the Pitternet type Ruckman. Um, but it allows the players like Berry, 
I tell you who was impressive. Payne as a defender, as a young defender. He's um, huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. I don't know what, yeah. what's in the chicken there, but he's, he's he put up a nice little score. Um, and one you mentioned, mate, which I think was good to look out for, was uh, McCluggage. Now, we've talked a lot about those players who have been a bit underperforming to start the year. Your mm-hmm. Ollie Wines, Hugh McCluggage falls into that category as well. But starting to get his hands on the footy a lot more, I think he's starting to work out what his role is in the team now mm-hmm. with all these other added players into the side, especially like an Ashcroft and a, and a Dunkley. Um, and he looked good getting his getting his scores into the nineties. Yeah, good. He's he's averaged what one hundred and ten in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised once he does work out what he's doing to get those averages back up. But having Dunkley in the sides definitely hurt him this year. Yeah, I'll be having I'll definitely be going and having a good look at him. There's no doubt his price has dropped. I think Ashcroft is starting to get to that tether of you can't really trust him too much. So when do you make the move on an Ashcroft? He was very yeah. disappointing with a with a thirty seven last time I had a look. Um, and the other ones, yep. uh, Mr. McKenna, um, brother of Conor McGregor, uh, <laughs> with a 46. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely some players that you're losing faith in of having them on your field that you've got to start to maybe make the move. Uh, Lockie Neal with, look, you say a disappointing 63, but he didn't have to do the job. Everybody else was getting it done. And with a, mm-hmm. with a midfield like that, sometimes he's just going to have a bit of an off game. But very impressed by Brisbane. Um, Could he be? Yeah, go. Could could Neil be the most traded in player one week and then the most traded out player the next? Mate, if you go back to some of our recordings that we did say at the start, so when we were sitting here, you, me, Justin, having real good chats about the the Rory Lairds, the Clayton Olivers, the Lockie Neils, when we we're talking about the top three priced, um, you know, I look back on it and we talked a lot about it's hard to go past Laird's numbers and what he does and how he plays in that team. It's mm-hmm. definitely hard to go past Clayton Oliver. And I wish I maybe listened to the two of you a bit more and, and that should have possibly, you know, in hindsight should have been my pick. But we talked a lot about Lockie Neal being that type that can have a huge ceiling, but I don't trust that every week he can have this 63, this 71 sort of area. So mm-hmm. yeah, for me in a consistency standpoint, yeah, I, I just, I don't put him in my team just because he can do it for sure. Yeah. Um, we move on. We move on to the next game. I'm trying to just have a quick look if uh, if there's any sort of standouts out there to talk about. I mean, Tim Cotter, if you didn't get him in, he put in, he put up another 70 and he, he looks good. Um, he, does. he looks really good in that side. Saad sort of just finding his feet again, getting back in the team. They're run off the back line. Hopefully they start using him a little bit more for those that own him out there. But yeah, there yeah. wasn't too much out there. Um, but hopefully everybody got on. I know quite a few people did use the VC on Dunkley, and if you did, well done. Mm. Uh, this is where I used my VC. So we went into the Richmond and West Coast game, and I thought a safe VC for me was the Tarantula. Uh, Richmond ended up doing – West Coast put up a nice little effort in this one. Um, Shy Bolton with a 152. Taranto ended up with a 118, which I ended up taking – and I'll tell you why. I don't have Clayton Oliver at the moment. Um, I do have Tim English, Petrarca. But for me, that 118 was just that safe number, especially after Dacos's number. I needed to make sure I had a solid score this week. And I tell you what, I was able to enjoy my footy just a little bit more after making that decision and, and getting uh-huh. the VC on Taranto. Uh, Prestia, the human meatball, 115. Martin found himself in the midfield a little bit more with 113. Hopper still coming through and showing the goods. I'm, I'm glad I'm holding on to him with a 111. Uh, Samson Ryan with a big 104, but that doesn't surprise me too much um, going up against a Bailey Williams. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Baker, another 102. And from a West Coast standpoint, uh, Jermaine Jones running off the halfback with a 123. Dom Sheed back into the side with a 115. Tim Kelly with a 100. Uh, not too much there for the Oscar Allen owners out there. He kicked a few goals, so he found himself getting an 88. Jimby, a respectable score of 61, but I know people are starting to look to make the move there and do an upgrade. But for me, I don't mind holding him at the moment. I think too many people are just getting dead, dead, dead benches um, and dead rookies. You've got to keep thinking about a bit of cash generation or you know, if somebody's out for a week that you can put somebody on that field. So I'd be rethinking that too quickly. Your thoughts, mate? Yeah. Look, there's not really much to read about in this game. Bolton scored well, but that's because they're playing a shit side. Torino, <laughs> Mr. Consistent, you know, 118. He's always getting his between yeah. one things and he exploded the other week for 140, whatever it was. Um, Jacob Hopper rewarding those who have held on to him. Samson Ryan looks a little less not very good this week. He looked a little bit better. <laughs> when we're talking about West Coast, Jermaine Jones, 123. Now, I thought about this. He scores well occasionally for West Coast, not every week. But two years ago, he couldn't get a game and was delisted from the AFL. So that shows you in what kind of state the West Coast Eagles are in at the moment. Don't pick him. Don't look at his last couple of scores and go, wow, he's got 100, now he's got 123. Tempting for some, but for the smart people out there, don't touch him. Same with um, Alex Witherden. He's going to burn you. Yeah, I think for the smart people out there, you you hold your West Coast rookies that you've got. Even like if you've still held on to Noah Long, I'm going to hold on to him. When he comes back, he's going to play games. And I've got the DPP status, no different to a Jinbi. I'm okay holding that until I get to right near the end of the season and it's time to do those primo moves. So, yeah, it allows me to maybe have a look at a Drury and what that kind of looks like when you get that one-off rookie that kind of comes through now. But I'm going to try and hold on to a couple as much as I can. So, yeah. no, nah, I think you're spot on, very spot on with your points. Be very careful just taking after any any West Coast sort of, you know, mid-range or primo players. I wouldn't touch them. Geelong v Adelaide. Now, this was a cracker. I'm, you know, I know that the differential ended up being a 26-point win to Geelong down at GMHBA, but Adelaide continued to impress me at the moment. I think they've got a really good list and uh, <laughs> they've got some good systems out there at the moment. Um, anything stand out for you in this one, mate, before I go through some scores, or do you want to go through the scores? No, not really. Uh, my man, Mr. Consistent at the moment, Tommy Hawkins with another 90-odd, even though he didn't really touch the ball too much or kick his goals. Uh, I heard a bit of talk about young Atkins this week, mm. people looking at bringing him in with his defender-slash-mid status. But the two that kind of stood out for me, the top two, Bliss Abs, or however you pronounce his surname. Yeah, yep. He's, yep. he's pretty consistent with his 100 to 115s this year. And as a mid-ruckman, that's a unique way you could go about it. But also Maxi Holmes starting to come good. He's turned up a couple of times in a row and really starting to hit his straps. Yeah, Geelong just Geelong keep looking like they're going to be doing a right. I think Atkins might have had a, a nice little step up there, especially when Danger went out. I think you made a really good point about Atkins at the start of the year that he sort of filled the, the Selwood void. And then whenever someone else seems to go and he gets that time, when he gets genuine time in the midfield, he finds a way to always score that that 90. So I think if you got him from the start of the year, you might have been in a nice little place and a good little area to kind of uh, move on. But, yeah, he's a, he could be a solid option now with Dangerfield out. I'd, I'd be interested to see sort of where – having a quick little look at where his price is at. He's at, he's at 413000 Um He's got a break-even of 88. So, look. Maybe one to look at if Danger's missing a couple. I'd probably leave those types of players right now, but it's good mm-hmm. to see him putting some scores on. 
Dawson just keep on keeping on with a 122. Rory Laird with a 102. Uh, Rory O'Brien having a big one with a one. Uh, right, sorry, Riley O'Brien with a 130. Uh, Saligo, a few people have brought him in. Ranking keeps having a good game. But I, I was happy with myself. I moved out Michael Laney this week uh, with a 64. Uh, Chase Jones, it was always going to be a tough one out at GMHBA. So I know a few people have him with a, yep. with a 65. But um, interesting to see Matt Crouch back in the team, obviously with a few changes there in Adelaide, but he didn't do too much. No, don't go near him. We move on to Gold Coast v Melbourne. Um, I tell you what, talk about a team having a bit of a dip and a bit of a crack. There would have been some very nervous moments in the Melbourne box. Geelong, uh, abs- oh, sorry, Gold Coast absolutely took it to Melbourne in this one, and, and you could nearly say that they could have snagged it for sure. Your man, who's now going to give you a few nightmares for a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. We should probably just we should probably pass the mantle on to to we'll call him Jake Skidmore's man. Is uh, is. is Noah Anderson with a humongous one eighty nine? Uh, what an effort! In this guy showing why he was touted as the obvious number two pick with Matty Rowell in that draft. Uh, yeah, <laughs> massive game by him. Jared Witts with a 115 swallow as we talked about getting that midfield time over Friarini. He got that 110 and uh, Powell keeps going into that midfield as well as a defensive option with another 104. Um, and the other bloke you talked about there was that McPherson getting a, a Darcy McPherson getting a 91. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people looked at Rory Atkins this week. Uh, he got a 68 following on from his 80 in round one. So, some people might take a bit of a look at him now, being on the bubble of moving to that third game. Um, look, I don't know where it's going to sit for me. It doesn't fit the routine of what I'm going to try and do with my team, but I can see why people might look at it, but I probably wouldn't go it. Um, from a Melbourne perspective, Clayton Oliver, again, 136. Max Gorn, 130. Petrucca, who I brought in this week with a 122. Other than that, Brayshaw's getting a bit more midfield time with a 98. Um, who else was down there? And uh, it's come out today that um, Van Ruin has been offered two weeks. Have you seen the hit? Yeah, I yeah, it's it's unlucky for Ballard. I did watch that. Um, I don't. I don't think, think warrants. Weeks, a, I don't think it warrants a suspension. No, he's, you can clearly see that his his fist has nearly hit the ball, and he wasn't looking at the bloke. No, they'll challenge that for sure. But either way, he's probably on the way out for me. I think we're putting way too much on the AFL now in luck. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. I, I'm all good with the you choose the bump and your shoulder or something takes their head. You chose to bump. This happened. But if you're going back with a flight, having a look and punching, you know, midair and, and you accidentally yeah. connect with the guy. Look, if your eyes go to that guy's face and then you connect with his face, well, then there's maybe an argument to go, you had a look. But if you're looking up mm-hmm. in the air and doing these ones, I think it's getting a bit silly. I think there's a tackle. I'm trying to think who it is. I want to say it's um, close. Close is a tackle on one of the Adelaide players. He's getting in trouble no, for it's, a duck. No, it's the, there's an other way around. Dawson's in trouble this week, apparently. Oh, it was a Dawson. Dawson thought, tackled oh. a Geelong bloke and threw him to the ground. I still haven't heard what the go is with that yet, but that was being I, looked I, at. I think there's, yeah, definitely go and have a look. There's a couple, in, and who was it? I think it was David King said it as well. I was like, that's motion. There was no second mm. movement. You've got a player who's, you know, what, 90 kilos going in that direction. You've held him and gone with him and his head's happened to hit the ground. To me, unless there's that double motion, 
players shouldn't be getting suspended for that. You can't you can't stop a bloke of that pace, that speed, and that strength. You're gonna fall in that same direction. So, yeah, I think things need to be looked at, um, or we're gonna have players just we'll lose all physicality in our game. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, we move on. Uh, GWS v the Bulldogs. Again, GWS having a fair crack against the Doggies. Good to see the Doggies get up and win away from home. Uh, with that list, they've got to keep on keeping on. Your man, Bonson Pally, did you stick the did you stick the C on him? Is that where you went? Oh, you didn't. No, I, left, I, I had the C on him, but I saw that Oliver scored 133. And, oh, that's understandable. Yeah, got to keep that. But nah. the man just gets points for breathing. I love it. <laughs> He's great. I'm going to have a bit of a Rob Rage, but I'm going to wait till uh, I've just created like a new segment. I've got a bit of a Rob Rage. It's going to come a little bit later. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll wait till the I'll wait till the North Melbourne game. It's got a little bit to do with the Super Coach algorithm, and and I don't want I don't want the AFL to ruin our favourite game here in Super Coach. Mm. But we'll get there in a little bit. But I'm more than happy seeing players like Bontempelli, um, Tom Green. Kelly, the way they get their points to me is the way that Supercoach should be scored. I think it's phenomenal. I think we, um, yeah, I won't get into it too much, but he he playing fantastic football at the moment, warranting that tag of being probably, you know, in the top two, top three players in the AFL at the moment. Um, what he's doing is putting that team on his back and uh, and carrying them massively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and outside of Dacos, he's probably the next prim- um, Brownlow favourite. Absolutely. I, I And look, I would much rather see Bonson Pelly, the, the brand of footy that he plays, be a Brownlee medalist in our game. That's just my opinion. Um, Tom Green, I love the way he goes about his footy. Him and him and uh, Josh Kelly are just owning that midfield at the moment. Um, you've got the man getting the taps, tapping it out to, uh, and then getting out to Josh Kelly on the side. So they both put up a big score. Canelio was a little bit quieter with a 79. His inefficiency got him a little bit this game. It's good to see Whitfield get up in the ton. Um, and that Buckley, I think he just he's one of the most improved players um, mm. coming through with a nice little 99. And um, who else? Tom Libertore back in the side with a 100. Bailey Smith getting that 109. Um, it's good to see having that forward mid option on him now as well. Um, is uh, is definitely tickling a few people's fancies if he uh, if yeah, he keeps yeah, putting up scores it. like that for sure. He's probably where I'm looking at going next now that I've probably missed Noah Anderson. It's probably going to be an LDU downgrade into Bailey Smith. Don't mind that. Into your forward line? Do you have a spot for him in your forward forward line? line. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, Because Van Ruin will be on his way out this week for me. So, yep, we'll see. Might even jump early and go Drury this week. I liked him, but we'll talk about that later. Beautiful. Uh, McRae a little bit underperforming with an 88. Uh, Trelaw has done a uh, low-grade hamstring as well. Uh, so that might be one or two weeks, which is disappointing because he was starting to come into some really good form and and making that side look that little bit better, which is good. Yeah. So <clears throat> we drive on, we drive on. Fremantle v Hawthorne was the game that I was at and got to be honest, Hawthorne were very disappointing. I mean, it was interesting to see the uh, CJ managed, Luke Bruce managed. There's some interesting things going on at Hawthorne to try and secure that number one or number two draft pick. I don't know why... Uh, you know, a third, fourth, fifth-year player in CJ needs to be managed, but um, maybe there's something else I don't know. But, yeah, they definitely lacked their dash off the back line. Uh, mm. Once Fremantle got up and about, they were going strong. Brayshaw had an incredible game out of the midfield with a 149. Luke Jackson looked very good with a 126, kicked a couple of goals. Uh, Luke Ryan, 
he just does some interesting things off the back line. I still think he's a good defender, but he yep. gets a lot of junk. Um, Sarong, still a solid 105. So, And it was interesting to see. So um, Nat Fife was used as the sub, only getting a score of 25. So again, he'll, he'll drop in price before he plays that third game. I still wouldn't be touching him, but um, I can see why some people might make the move. But if it was me, I, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They'll play him forward more. He'll he'll um, he won't be putting up the scores that we're used to expecting from Nat Fife. Um, from a Hawthorne perspective, it was great to see Lloyd Meek actually have a, a good game for the club and playing against his old side with a one ten. Connor Nash is kind of a little bit of a revelation this year and and definitely has his role in that midfield now and he's starting to improve his efficiency and you know he's going to keep tackling hard. Uh, Mitch Lewis, Will Day, still got his hands on the footy, worked hard, only got an 84, but look, he's a player that's in the side. He has a strong role. There wasn't too much more. A lot of people might have Seamus Mitchell still. He still put up a 54, which was good to see. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah. Um, I did do a little bit of research. Uh, and when we're talking about Hawthorne and the opposition Ruckman, as an average, um, Hawthorne are number one for Ruckman scores against them. They tend to really negate the opposition Ruckman. Uh, so when we're looking at this game and Darcy only having a 77, I'm a Darcy owner, but I was expecting a subpar performance against them. They've just got this uncanny knack of not allowing the opposition Ruckman to score well against them. I think what it is, especially with the developing Ruckman in Ned Reeves, it's go and follow them, especially when they're playing against good Rucks. I think when they're going up against strong Rucks, it's go and follow that Ruckman, learn mm-hmm. from their movements and what they do. So did a fantastic job against uh, Tim English. Again, did a good job against Sean Darcy. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I think it is. Rather than trying to be attacking or anything like that, it's it's follow them around. And, and I think that's why it's kind of negating them quite a bit. We had a good yep. chat with a few mates on Twitter, some who threw the C on Darcy. And it was just like, boys, you, you're some of our avid listeners of the pod we never mentioned to put the C on Darcy. And I'm not saying we get it right all the time, but maybe we didn't say strong enough to not do it. But uh, you're spot on. Hawthorne rucks. Um, just find a way to negate good rucks at the moment. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Port Adelaide v the Bombers. Uh, Port Adelaide finding a way against your boys to, to hold on. Uh, yep. 12 goals, 20 didn't help their cause versus the 13 goals, 9. Um did you watch? Did you get a chance to watch this one today, mate? No, no you missed didn't, your didn't watch any, Yeah, didn't watch any footy today. It was yeah, quietly having a bit of shut eye. So I'm I'm glad that we got this close because normally Port Adelaide give us a smacking. Um, but yeah, 
Like, would have been nice to win, but we didn't. So, next week. No, no you came out of the gates really well. You started really strong. Um, I think that the Draper-Phillips combo is, is really working quite well. I think they're doing a really good job. One time, you know, they can't both score big scores, but I think they both do a really good job around the ground. Um, even Setterfield had a really great first quarter, but then he dropped off after that. He had about 35 in the first, and then he only ended up with a 71. I think okay. he's going to definitely be my upgrade this week um, as I start looking towards the buy rounds. Parrish, Parrish a 117, Draper a 110. He's starting to make himself look more super coach relevant possibly okay. next year. I wouldn't do it this year, but I think especially when they play the two-rut combo – I think he has the ability, he's starting to learn his forward craft a bit more. Um, You and I talked a lot about it with the Max Gorn, and look, I'm not putting him anywhere near that category. But when you actually start doing the things that he does in the ruck and now finding a way to take a couple of marks up forward and maybe kick one or two, you start putting yourself in that super coach relevancy of someone that could um, consistently start putting some better scores together. So, yeah, he's one that I might put an eye on for next year. Um, depending on what his price is, because it might be a little bit too high after after the way he's performing this year. Um, Zach Merritt with a 106, McGrath with a 93. I'm trying to think who else is sort of there. Redmond. Um, yeah, Redmond's an interesting one. So uh, Ridley went down. Uh, Ridley yeah. went down um, in this game early. Uh, so Redmond definitely took all the a lot of the kickouts from what I saw and uh, sort of went back a bit to his role. So he ended up with a 76. Um, but yeah, we, people will be wanting a little bit more out of him, especially with how he was looking earlier in the year. Um, Butters played that inside mid roll, and when he plays that inside mid roll, he puts up big scores as a one twenty five. Dan Houston just doing his thing off the back line at one twenty two. I must give credit where credit's due. Horn Francis looked a lot better in this game with a one hundred nine. He keeps starting to work on his craft and showing that he is a player of the future, um, despite what people might think about him. Rosie took a little while to get going, but he stepped up in the big times, and that's what you want from your big players with the 104. Uh, Finn Lason, the same thing. He steps up in the big moments. So he went into the ruck a little bit as well uh, when okay. it was crunch time. I think they're, you know, persisting with Teagle, but it was tough going up against Draper and Phillips. So Finn Lason went, went in and chopped him out. Um, and your boy, Ollie Wines. He made a lot of people were throwing the, the toys out of the cot because a couple of people got on. Uh, he was doing nothing for the first half, but I think he ended up scoring something like 60 or 70 points in the, yep. in the second half to end up with uh, a score in the, in the nineties. So, or 89. So it wasn't too bad. So maybe he's starting to find his straps a little bit more. Yeah. Just with what you're saying, I didn't watch any of this game, but nice to see. I bought wines in thinking that this would be the game where he'd start to hit his straps. And to a degree, he has a 70 point second half. Uh, hopefully he continues that on. Um, I didn't bring in Bryn Teekle, and I'm quietly pretty happy that I didn't. See, I, I brought him in. I ended up using the boost. The reason I brought mm-hmm. him in and used the boost, I've still got a couple sitting there, and I haven't burnt too many trades. I think I've still got 20 left. It's not horrendous. Um, for me, I started looking at a few dead rookies and going Matt Roberts was one I wanted to move, and I found a yeah. way to do it. It meant I had to take Petrarca instead of Clary. Um, All my trades actually worked out this week. The one that kind of fully needs to come to fruition is I need Tico to play maybe three or four more games. If he plays three or four, he gets me close to 100K just like that. Um, And then I'm laughing. If he gets me 100K, I'm all good. Um, 
I tell you what, though, if they keep winning, he will play because he is their ruckman of the future. Like they, and it's there's worth, no yeah. future there for Lysette. And I had a look at it, and that was I remember you saying that. And so when I was looking at it, I had the two trades done. And it wasn't until about the last minute that I decided to use the boost. And I went and had a look. So Port Adelaide had the Bombers in Port Adelaide. So I backed them in to get that win. They've mm-hmm. got North Melbourne next week. Mm-hmm. I backed them in to get that win. They've got a very tough one against Melbourne. But they might even bring in a double ruck system possibly for that one. Um, and then they have uh, Richmond at the MCG. That's all I need from him. If he gets himself to that Melbourne game, though, that's the three games I needed for him to get 80 to 100K. Yeah, so sure. I reckon I reckon it's hopefully one that pays off, and I'll get rid of a dead rookie in Matt Roberts, who probably won't play another game for the rest of the season. Yep, good idea. Um, we move on. We've got two games to go. Collingwood v the Swans. The score makes it look a little bit bigger than what it was. This was a five point game going to the last quarter. Um, Swans came out and really took it to Collingwood. They put a Excuse me, they put a hard tag. They got into Nick Dacos very early into this game and came out strong. These are the things that we expected from Sydney and we talked about it in our, our Friday live that they would have the players to sort of go to him. Mm-hmm. Um, with Pendlebury back in the side, Nick Dacos had a little bit of in the back line into the midfield role. They did sort of throw him into the midfield in the last quarter. He's showing that it is a lot tougher to go in the midfield and you will have a harder tag and it's harder to break the tag when you are in the midfield. But Collingwood... The only thing I can say about Collingwood is they still look good. They look really good. There's no massive standouts in their scores. Darcy Moore got a 112. Other than that, no one cracked a ton. Hoskin Elliott got a 92. Cripps got a 90. Um, The relevant players that people might have, Tom Mitchell an 88, Sidebottom an 82, Nick Dacos an 81, Pendlebury an 80. Uh, Mason Cock looked good coming back in, um, just sort of doing his job. I'm not a huge fan, but he seems to get a bit better and better each year. Um, from a Sydney standpoint, Goulden just went bananas. He had a one fifty six. I think he was in the, I think he was in the eighties or nineties at at halftime. Uh, Lloyd keeps on doing his thing with a one ten. Uh, or Ollie Florent with a one oh nine. Um, they had uh, Warner's the one that needs to sort of start to lift for them. I know he got a ninety eight, yes. but they needs to do a bit more. Mills still looks good with his hundred. Um, I'm trying to think. There wasn't too much else other than that. I know Laddams got hurt quite early in this game, so that did hurt them. He went off for a while and then came back on. But a um, little bit of time for Sydney to step up, mate. They're um, they're sitting down outside the eight. I think they're about 12th or 13th on the ladder. I think it's too good of a list not for them to bounce it's, back. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's Sydney. I, it's, expect them to bounce back. Yeah. I do too, and I hope so. I want to see a team like that in the finals. They're, they're too good of a side for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game of this round, mate, was North Melbourne v St Kilda, and what an absolute rip snorter it was. It was four goals 10 to eight goals 16. As our mate Trent put out in our chat, must be blowing an absolute gale under the roof at Marvel. Uh, I think at one point the the uh, the ruse were about zero goals seven, and I think St Kilda were about one goal nine at one point, something like that. Um, so I don't really know what was going on. i got to be honest, when I was seeing those scores whilst watching Collingwood-Sydney, it didn't really gravitate me to this game. What I did see, though, was Jack Zebel on 96 at halftime. Uh-huh. He had 22 disposals with metres gained of 200 metres. Is that all? Wow. This is my rage. 
<laughs> it, it, it's it's like surely we have to start finding an algorithm within Supercoach that we are not going to be looking at our teams and making created teams of just absolute junk. Now, I'll even use Nick Dacos as an example. So I'm not saying junk, not complete junk, but we're going to start trying to find midfielders who are halfback flankers. You're going to get your Sheezels, you're going to get your Dacoses, you're going to get your Zeebles, you're going to do those kind of things and put them in your midfield because these are massive scores they're getting other than the absolute bona fide superstars like Clayton Oliver, uh, Bonton Pally, those types. We have to start looking at this algorithm or it's going to kill our fantasy and we're going to start looking at football with the wrong lens. And what I'll say to that is, and I'll and then I'll shut up, is we look at young players and we're watching football now from a super coach and a fantasy coach, you know, standpoint. So you look at a Sheasel and a Dacos and you go, what an absolute gun, you know, give him the, the rising star, give him the Brownlow. Jack Zebel goes and gets 92 at halftime. He's a seagull. He's a junk player. He's all those kind of things. He's not some cash cow who's generating us all this money and some cash. But then you get someone like a Will Ashcroft who's going in the midfield for the Lions and doing it tough right in the middle with bigger bodies, bigger men, all these types of things. Oh, he's junk. He's meant to be a next generation player, all these types of things. It's ruining the way that we're watching footy because we're not rewarding that toughness compared to just out the back. That That's me. We're going to have to make a segment called Rob's Rage, I reckon. That's brilliant. Well, do I have a little bit of something in that? Do you get, you like, do, I'm not but, saying those players aren't great players, but yeah. we're looking at it differently and I don't like it. Yeah, you do. Uh, the big thing here is that there's a big difference between AFL as it is played and fantasy. So you could have <clears throat> what your Ollie Winders that get 30 touches, kick zero goals, Versus my boy Hawkins, who a couple of weeks ago had eight touches, seven marks, five goals, and got 90-something. You know, so <clears throat> there are points for certain players that uh, are an advantage to them and to some that are a disadvantage. Again, like your Ollie Wines and your your Tom Greens, to an example, that they go in and get the hard ball, but if they're not efficient with that little flick handball to the side, they lose points. Yep. So I think it's important that we... We keep our minds set to that is that this is fantasy football and not because he scored a shit score, he's a shit player. Correct. It's it's totally, you know, you've got to play your role well. And yeah, Dacos, Zebel, Dawson to an extent, these guys all play their role really, really Hawkins as well. They play their role really well and benefit from that. But then you see the likes of Wines. Um, you can throw up names as you will, Rob, like Matty Crouch. He used to get powerful numbers and score well, but was yeah. he really any help to anyone? You know, so yeah, we'll, we'll just have to discuss this another day. But it is no, it's good. when people say someone's an ordinary footballer because they got 70 super coach points and 25 touches versus someone that's had eight touches and kicked six goals and got 100 points, there's a big difference there. Yeah, I think the big one for me is, and, I, and I'm only saying it because even my lens of how I'm watching the game is so different. So I see Stevie Cornelio gets the handball out the back. He's like dodged past one person, kicked it inside 50. And it's it's a pretty rush kick, but he's kicked it 50 metres to inside 50. There's a forward and a defender going up for the mark. It gets spoiled and the opposition picks up the spoil. That's actually classified as an ineffective kick. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's a that's a center clearance, an inside 50, and possibly a contested possession. But because it gets spoiled and picked up by another player from the opposition, it's one point. Yep. yep. Like, to me, that's where compared to Zach Zebel, and you're going to look, he's got this heat map over in the back pocket. It's literally, literally like 20 of his disposals in one back pocket, and he's on 96 at half time. Like, it's just, I don't know. For me, that's just something that needs to be looked at because, yeah. You, you look yeah. at it from the other side of things, and if St Kilda know that <clears throat> he's the only one stopping them from scoring, why aren't they looking to go to the fat side or, you know, looking to to target Zebel's player that's that's playing on him and Zebel's playing off? So, yeah, yeah you know, from, a, from an AFL or from a coaching or playing background, that's what we would do. But super coach rewards players that play their role well, I guess. Yep. No, and we love it. We'll keep playing it till the day we die. We'll pass Absolutely. it on to our children, all that kind of stuff. But, no, nah, it's good. Anyways, good chat. Love that. Uh, we digress a little bit, but I think it's good to sort of bring these things up and for people to sort of understand where the point system does work. Um, and look, I'm sure they'll look at it every year and, and like any game, they'll uh, they'll have a look and look at their algorithms. But, mate, mm-hmm. I know we are stretched a little bit for time. Where are you looking for things next week? Where do you have a little, Where's your team at? How many trades have you got left? How many boosts have you got yep. left? How are you feeling about your side? So I've got two boosts left. I've got 20 trades left. Not feeling too bad. Van Ruin and LDU are on their way out. I should have done that last week. Uh, maybe a boost this week. We'll see how we go. I, I really want – I still want Noah Anderson because I think there's a big role for him moving forward with the Gold Coast midfield. I like Bailey Smith as well. Uh, and, yes, yeah, Sicily potentially as well. So we'll see. They're the sort of the three that I'm targeting at the moment. And yep. even – Jack Steele, I think, had a break-even of 120 this week and only scored high 80s, low 90s. So he's going to come down again. And if he's, you know, sub 500, then I'll snag him before his price is on the increase again. No, I like that. I like that a lot. I think, you know, one thing that we want to put out to our listeners is we're just a couple of normal dudes who love mm-hmm. footy, love Supercoach, and we do as much research as we can. We do not live and breathe this. I learned something new this week, which I probably should have known a little bit better maybe you did know it, but we don't talk about it all the time, is I had a feeling that the boost this year was that's all you get. So it's how you be a bit selective going into the bye weeks and things like that with with using your boost. I got told that actually we still get three trades in the buy round and the boost is still just there for you to use as bonuses. Now, what people need to remember though, because there's a lot of chat going, oh, wicked, I'll go use my boost now because I've got these extra trades and buys. You still only get a certain number of trades, everybody. Yeah, you do, Don't yeah. go and burn those trades. Um, yeah, you might be able to boost up to four, um, and that might become very vital, especially in round 15. And then you're going to want your trades as well to make sure you get that balance back for your team of how you want it to look rather than just in a round 15 where, trust me, you're going to want those players back in your teams um, from those clubs that were out in round 15. So save those yeah. trades. Um, and I think it's good to keep it boost. I'm the same as you, mate. I've got one boost and 20 trades to go. I feel pretty good about my team. There's a nice balance of players on field and on the bench still scoring me some some cash. Um, I'm definitely going to start having a look at who I don't really trust on my field, and I think I've got to start being a bit ruthless with my on field. I don't think there's too many players coming through the bubble at the moment. The one mm-hmm. I didn't have a look at, and we didn't bring it up just then. What did Drury end up scoring? Fifty-one. Uh, Fifty-one. Okay. Okay. But he did. He did look good. Like I, I've been watching him in the VFL. 
Hence why I was, I was quietly confident that if I was to bring him in, even early, early before he played a game, that North are going to pump games into him, given that Harley Reid is being touted as the best, you know, better than Ashcroft type of recruit or yeah. um, rookie this year. So it's, it's a fight between Hawthorne and North Melbourne for who gets this guy. But this Harley Reid guy looks unbelievable. West Coast. West Coast. Oh, there's West sorry, Coast as well. Yeah. Sorry. When you're, looking at, when you're looking at um, trying to get a really good pick versus trying to blood your youngsters, yeah. are you going to stick with Cunnington, who looked really, really slow today? No. Or are you going to put Drury in for 10 or 12 games, getting that senior experience, set him up better for the preseason next year to move on from there? So. To all you yep. Cunnington, North Melbourne lovers, like I'm a big fan of him as well, and he's gone through a lot of a lot of ordinary stuff to come back to where he is now. But when we're talking about the rigors of AFL football and the speed, I think it's probably past him now, and North need to look that one step ahead and go, well, what's our makeup going to be moving forward over the next 12, 24 months? Now, spot on, mate. As per usual. I know you have some work to get to, and that's been a good episode. Yeah. This is what this re- this is what this episode was about. It's all about a wrap up. We will dive more into research players on the bubble, VC and C options. What do trades start to look like? We're going to dive deeper into the buy rounds and give you guys all the information you need to make sure we get these teams balanced and ready to go. Mm-hmm. I'd love to give out a shout out to our major sponsors in the Standard Squeeze and Snap Fitness in Epson and Bendigo. Have we got any packs to give out soon? Where are we on our um, next pack? Yeah, we've got, we got a pack. As soon as Supercoach updates this week, we'll know who our winner is. Beautiful. Uh, it still has not updated. Nah, it yet. hasn't officially ticked over yet. No, nah, not yet. No, I want to see how our boy, is it Mason? Yeah. Who's um, He's coming yeah. third in, in the whole of Australia or I guess the, the actual Supercoach yep. at the moment. So... I want, to, I want to see how he's scored this week and how he's looking moving forward. Let's get him on the I pod. Have, I have no problem living vicariously through others. That is exactly yeah. how I... <laughs> uh, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Any final words from yourself, Mr. Dell? No, not this week. We'll get back on later this week and, and do an uh, episode in regards to uh, rookies to watch, our DPPs, our buy rounds, which I think are really crucial moving forward. And then we'll jump on Friday night and do a live for our viewers. They've become quite popular both with the AFL and the NRL. We're getting into the hundreds now of people jumping on and, you know, throwing questions our way and, you know, the the Twitter, the Instagram type stuff. It's all like we love it. We don't get paid for it, but we love it. We love giving the viewers what they want and we, we want to see you do well. So jump on, click and subscribe to YouTube. You'll get the notifications as to when we're going live and we will see you there. I think we are very close to 500 subscriptions and I don't have the authority to say this, but... I reckon we might be able to find a prize for somebody who is our 500th subscriber. So if you haven't subscribed, jump on and subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe and you never know, Rob might have to be the one buying you a prize to send to your house. Dell, it's been an absolute pleasure as per usual. To everybody listening along, thank you so much for the love. We appreciate it. Hit us up on all social media platforms. Get on the podcast and listen along. Subscribe and watch us on YouTube. This has been the Insight Fantasy Sport Podcast. Peace out. See ya.